Hi, I'm Blake Gilman, the Vice President, Director of Post-Acute Care Services at LCS. You're listening to the Healthcare Highwire. Thank you for listening to this episode. We hope you enjoy it. Welcome to our continuing series of Spotlight on Nurses for Year of the Nurse for LCS, hosted by the Health Services Division. Welcome to Healthcare Highwire. This is Sandy Toole. I'm the Director of Clinical Services for the Life Plan Communities. I'm joined today by Leticia Tillman, the Director of Nursing at Brandon Wild in beautiful Augusta, Georgia. Thanks for agreeing to help us celebrate the Year of the Nurse, Leticia. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And I did say beautiful Augusta, Georgia. I don't know what the weather is like there today, but I'm calling you from Indiana for this podcast today, and we are having a gorgeous autumn day. I can look out my window and see the beautiful orange burgundy leaves, and it's just one of those really awesome Indian summer warm days. So I hope you're having good weather in Augusta as well. We're having great weather, great golf weather. Oh, awesome. That's good to hear. Well, hey, listen, thanks for helping us with this celebration of the Year of the Nurse, and I'm really glad you could be one of our celebrity guests. How long have you been a nurse, Leticia? I've been a nurse since 2016. Started out as an LPN and went back to nursing school to get my RN degree. Oh, that's wonderful. That's wonderful. I always love the nurses who start as CNAs or LPNs and then gradually work up the ladder there. I think that gives you a really good perspective of what it takes to be a hardworking nurse. So what made you decide you wanted to get into nursing? I've been a nurse since I was nine. (laughs) My grandmother, God rest her soul, she had bad eyesight, but she was a diabetic and required help with her insulin. So I started reading the insulin needle. And then I started giving her her insulin injections, and then I became her caregiver. After high school, I became a CNA, found out quickly that I wanted to do more than a CNA. So I went to the local technical college to apply for nursing school. Nursing school was a waiting list, so I decided to do medical assistant, certified medical assistant, and work in a doctor's office, and I did that for 19 years. I did it alongside an RN who told me for five years that, Leticia, you need to go back to nursing school. You need to go to nursing school. I finally listened and went back to nursing school. <laughs> um, so so I became a nurse in 2016, but I have been helping or taking care of someone since I was very young. Oh, that's that's a wonderful story. And I love the fact that you were taking care of your grandmother. Do you feel like that helped you gain a perspective or a love for the care of the seniors and the elderly? It really did. Even though she was ill, she would get up in the morning and do her insulin injections. And then when I got out of school, we have Senior Citizen Center called Peabody House. And we often walked to the Peabody House to take care of more people. So begrudgingly, when I was a child, I would follow her to take care of people. But then out of that begrudgingly, it was a passion. If we didn't go see Miss Mary, then I'm like, wow, we're going to see Miss Mary today. (laughs) What happened to Miss Mary? So out of helping her and then her helping others is where my love of helping others came from. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm sure your grandmother would be very proud of you today for what you're doing for the seniors at Brandon Wild. What is it that you love about being a director of nursing? I have been a CNA, an LPN, under some directors that were not so helpful or loving. And I, if anything, I know what not to do. 
So I know that it takes a leader, a director of nursing who isn't afraid to get her hands dirty, isn't afraid to get on a cart. And once your employees see that you are willing to do the work right alongside them, they work harder for you. So most times if I'm on a cart, they'll always say, um, let me find somebody to get on the cart for you or you shouldn't be doing that. I have to remind them, this is where I come from. This is working a cart or changing a resident, taking a resident to the bathroom is what I choose to do. It's what I like to do. The paperwork gets monotonous and it's necessary, but being on the floor, getting my hands dirty is where I belong. I think that makes you a good leader, you know, a strong leader leads yes, by I'm, example. I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask him to do anything that I wouldn't do. I think that's fabulous. That's fabulous. And probably why your staff responds so well to you. You know, let me ask you a question for a second about COVID-19. You know, with your leadership style and everything that has gone on down there in your community, how do you think this pandemic, COVID-19, has affected you and your staff? Well, Sandy, I became the director during covid the director that we had had to leave for personal issues. So I became the director during COVID. And I was the nurse on the cart taking care of the COVID patients. And now I'm the director helping them take care of the COVID patients. So we have grown full circle with our COVID regime. The COVID unit that we had, I was the night shift nurse. And I continued to be the night shift nurse so that the nurses on the floor who had to go home to their small children could do that without being afraid or it affecting their children. My children are grown, and I go home most times to an empty house because my husband is a truck driver and he's not there. So I felt I could sleep at night or sleep during the daytime knowing that I let my nursing staff or CNA staff go home to their families and the mostly the management or um, ones who are willing to, to work the COVID unit that we did it and we kept it contained so that everybody wouldn't be flowing through the COVID unit. We, during COVID, it was stressful, but we got through it. The Everyone on campus was very supportive, even with feeding us or just how y'all doing or somebody sending us popsicles. You never know how much you like popsicles until you have to wear PPE. <laughs> for 12 hours, and then when you're done, you're like, I can't wait to get my popsicle. What kind of popsicle are you going to get? <laughs> it's the little things. It's the little things. And we, we, one of the nurses, when we came out of the COVID unit, we um, posted on Facebook that we had on our PPE, but we couldn't wait to take it off so we could go get our popsicles. So people in the community start dropping us off popsicles. Oh, that's sweet. I love that. Yeah. I, yep, they, I, I they started. Absolutely. Go ahead. They they dropped us off popsicles, so we had more popsicles than we, than we knew what to do with to, between the team members and the residents. Everybody was looking forward to a popsicle every day. Some of our COVID um, experience would be popsicles. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's your favorite flavor of popsicle? Strawberry. Okay. They they stopped bringing it. Some people brought us pains, um popsicles. We had fruit bars. The fruit bars were the best. The strawberry was the one that went the fastest. Oh, my goodness. That's a great story. Oh, my gosh. I will always think of you uh, when I think of popsicles now every single time. Um, I have a refrigerator in my office. Uh, They put a refrigerator in my office during COVID for drinks and uh, refreshments, and we still have popsicles in the freezer. Oh, that's great. That's great. You know, that takes a lot of 
strength and courage to become a director of nursing during this crazy emergency health crisis that we're going through. And it seems to me, I remember that you had a really awful incident occur kind of at the beginning of this situation when you had one of your infection control surveys and you had just the worst thing that can happen in the life of a director of nursing and that you suffered the consequences of an immediate jeopardy finding during your infection control survey. You and your team there with Larry were quite successful in turning that situation around. Would you care to talk about that just briefly? Sure. We had an infectious disease survey in the young lady who came in on the our first one. I was very inspired impressed with the facility. She came in during when we were active. So she saw us in action and she had no comments or concerns with her infectious disease survey. That happened on a Friday. The following Friday, we had follow-up from our annual survey. That went off without a hitch as well. She had no comments or concerns. She put us back into compliance. The following Friday, we had another infectious disease survey who was not so impressed with us. She uh, cited us immediate jeopardy. She was not uh, fluent with the the rules and regulations of um, CMS. She did not realize that what immediate jeopardy means, and she expressed that to us during our exit interview that she did not know the ramifications of an immediate jeopardy and that there was no immediate jeopardy that she found. There was no one that was going to be in harm or danger or severe pain or any of that. So Larry was the front runner in fighting uh, with CMS to get that immediate jeopardy tag removed. And he was successful because we truly had no immediate jeopardy. When we had our COVID break in July, it lasted for exactly 21 days. We contained it to one area. We contained it to 14 residents, and we did an awesome job. And she told us that at the end of our exit exam, but she had already put the motion, the, the car in motion for the immediate jeopardy, and she couldn't take it back. Hard to deal with when you're going through it. Lesson learned. <laughs> and I will never forget her. She told us that she will never forget us. I know what to do to, to to get rid of an immediate jeopardy if it ever came about again. <laughs> so I, it was a hard lesson to learn, but a lesson that will stay with me and that I learned from that you have to question everything when the surveyors are here because she was saying things that were not exactly true. When she left, she was she did say that she would never forget us and she would never forget this experience and this was a learning experience and that Larry had taught her a lot. <laughs> well, I can speak from experience here as well as probably many of our DONs who will listen to this. It's like winning the Pulitzer Prize when you're able to overturn an immediate Jeopardy finding. Yeah. That is like the biggest success ever. So uh, congratulations to you and your team for Thank you. making that awful situation. <laughs> she gave it to uh, us on 9 o'clock on Friday, and we were back in compliance by 11 o'clock Saturday morning, and it took Larry probably 12 business days to fight it to get a lesser tag. So that was awesome. Yep. That's absolutely amazing. And I'm I'm thinking I'm remembering that you had some of your positive resident cases were actually in your memory care unit. Is that right? 
Yes. Out of the 14 cases that we had, 12 of them were in um, memory care. That's where uh, COVID started with a, with an employee who didn't feel well um, midway through his shift, and the next day tested positive. So we assumed that everyone in the memory care where he had worked was positive, and we put that unit on lockdown and tested everyone. And initially, there were six residents that tested positive. But out of all of those residents, we had one resident that she was there from the beginning to the end, and she has never tested positive for COVID. She's been around all of the residents that were positive because she remained in the memory care, but she has yet to test positive for COVID. She's had wow. four she's had four negative tests when all of her other memory care residents that are back there with her were all positive and she's the only one that has remained negative. Well, kudos to you and your team because as we know, working in the memory care unit with positive COVID cases is just an impossible battle every day. So what an amazing job you all have done to manage that so successfully. So let, let me just skip to something fun here for a second, mm-hmm. Leticia. What do you like to do in your free time at the at the end of the day when you can go home and you can put your feet up and just realize the day is done? What what does Leticia Tillman like to do in her free time? Miss Sandy, I like a store. <laughs> I like to shop. <laughs> My administrator Larry talks about me all the time because I'm always coming in work with the bag. Um, my office is, I'm here a lot, so I want it to reflect me and I want it to feel home. So I told him I was moving in and I moved in with pictures and photos. It feels like it's my living room. So I like to shop. And I had to tell him that when I stopped shopping for my office, that he should worry. As long as I was shopping and doing what I like to do, he didn't have to worry. I was going to come to work the next day because I want to go shopping when I get off. Uh, A woman after my own heart. Yes, (laughs) that's what he says. Typical woman. (laughs) Yeah, typical woman. I work hard and I like to shop hard. That's awesome. That's awesome. (laughs) Thank you so much for taking time out to talk to me today. It's been both a pleasure and an honor speaking with you. And I, I mean this from the bottom of my heart. I thank you and your team. There's so much for everything that you do every day for the residents, and uh, the personnel at Brandon Wild. So so thanks for joining me, Leticia. No worries, um, Sandy. It's a labor of love. I love coming to work. I love the res- No matter how stressful it gets, there's going to be one resident that says or does something that is going to tickle your fancy and make you forget all about the stress that you just endured. Very well put. Very well put. Well, thanks, everyone, for joining us today on Healthcare Highwire. And be sure to tune in for our next guest on Year of the Nurse Spotlight. Legal disclaimer, Life Care Services LLC is not engaged in rendering legal advice. Therefore, any information provided in this podcast, although intended to be correct, is also not intended to replace or supersede the advice of your legal counsel. Also, thank you to Ben Sounds for the music provided in this podcast. Mm-hmm.